0: Absolutely. You're on the
1: show. No, I'm legitimately so happy you're on the show because I feel like I already will always send you so many questions about basketball and just like life in general. So for us to be able to sit and really hash it out, I am very excited to do. You have seen so much. You've won so much. So there's much to discuss. Um, obviously, I want to begin with the Warriors. I think that everybody has this very specific idea of what a dynasty is to them. Mm-hmm. But you are a part of something that is an undisputed dynasty. So what does it mean to be a dynasty to you?
0: Um, <clears throat> well, obviously, you know, in order to have a dynasty, you have to win. But I think you have, you know, when I look at dynasties, it's like you dominate over, over a period of time. You know, it's not like, oh, we won a championship and, you know, then... Maybe we messed around and won another one. It's like, no, you dominated for a period of time. And I think when, when you look at what we've been able to accomplish since 2015, um, you know, obviously there's injuries and things involved in it. But, you know, you take—we've dominated over that period of time. Regular season, you know, mm-hmm. getting, going 73-9, and nine, four championships, playing in, what, six NBA finals in eight years, I think to dominate a period of time. I think that's a dynasty. You can't just win one and say, or, you know, yeah. or well, get close and say we're a dynasty.
1: Also, I mean, you're a dynasty because you literally couldn't remember the numbers. You're like six and eight, I think. <laughs> it's just so many numbers. I don't know. When did you know, though, that this was a dynasty? Um, you know,
0: it's funny because you can never really put your finger on it and be like, oh, that's it. Like, it's yeah. a dynasty now. You just kind of get that feeling, like, I, I'd say for us, once once we won the third championships, it's like, yo, we're building a dynasty. But even then, we weren't saying like, yo, we built the dynasty. It's like, yo, we're building a dynasty. Now I think a part of that could be feeling like you're not done. And so, in saying that, we're like, we're not done, so we're building a dynasty. And so maybe some people would say we we were already a dynasty after three, but for us, we're still continuing to build it. Now, it's a dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> and now we know. It's a dynasty.
1: But, you know, I think that also speaks to this just kind of human idea that you don't know the gravity of a moment when you're in the moment. That's a fact. You know? That's a fact. Like, if you didn't feel after that, oh, this is what this is, because everyone else Mm -hmm. I think kind of felt that. But you got to sit back and say, okay, I know I'm a part of it, but what does being a part of this mean in the grand scheme of things?
0: Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, when you're in it, um, I'll take you back to when we won our first championship. When we won our first championship, uh, I remember sitting with, I think, 3D and R.P. Sako Smith. And could have been Rick Fox. They were outside. They had the big trailer outside of Oracle Arena. We were doing like some media in the trailer. And they were asking me about the feeling. I said, well, the feeling was so amazing. My biggest fear is that I'll never have the opportunity to experience that again. And and coming back to it now, it's like you're still always chasing that feeling. So once you win it once, like we won it last year, it's like, that's great. Like, that's the fourth one. But in my mind, I'm saying, going from three to four championships it felt like for me, like going from one to four, like that's how drastic the jump felt from going from three to four. So in my mind, I'm like, well, what does five feel like? <laughs> like I mean, that gotta be a totally different feeling to feel yeah. five. And so I think when you're in it, you're always just looking to chase that next thing, that next one, tr- trying not to get satisfied with what you already have.
1: See, that's interesting because I have been told that nothing will ever compare to the feeling of that first one so even when you win like two three four whatever you're like but it isn't hitting the same <laughs> as that that hasn't been your experience though
0: no that no there, it, it's nothing like the first one yeah. and because everyone since you're looking at the guys who won it the first time and looking at their reaction right and like what I appreciate most about all of these championships since the first one is watching guys who haven't done it and how they're feeling, how they're reacting, watching them for those next three weeks, three to four weeks, and how they're acting out in the world and how they're moving around, like watching Andrew Wiggins' body language change. Like, <laughs> that's what you get the most joy out of, watching Gary Payton walk around and say, I got, I got my first ring before my dad got his first ring. Career-wise, like mm-hmm. that's what you get the most joy out of, and so I don't, I don't think, like, and when I look at all four of them, like this fourth one, it was special because everybody counted us out, the injuries, I mean, nobody believed in us, and and so it was special in a sense from that space, but at the same time, the feeling of it, it didn't compare to number one. Yeah. Not at all. Not even the feeling, not even close.
1: Like, I think that's obviously special, right? How that feels for one. But there's this element of like, sadness isn't the right word. But if you know that that high is never going to be as high, <laughs> does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. I'm
1: like, well, then what is the, you're, you're hungry, but you're never full. Mm-hmm. You're know, right. Cause like you were full that first one. Yes. And now everything else is just kind of complimentary.
0: Absolutely. You you never get that, um, you never find the that feeling of fulfillment through the amount of championships, right? Like, I think you end up finding the feeling of fulfillment through other things. And then the championships are like icing on the cake, like, oh, and, and by the way, we've done these. Like, we yeah. did this, this, and this, and this. But it's never truly fulfilling. And I think, you know, maybe it's fulfilling when you're done and you can look back on it and say, ah, we did that and and that fulfilled me. But while I'm playing, it's never fulfilled me. And it's a very interesting thing because it doesn't get any higher than that. And yet my number one goal is always to win it. Like, I want that feeling. But then once you win it, don't get me wrong, like, I don't take it for granted. But right after, it's like, Oh man, we got to go try to do this again. Yeah. And so it's never really fulfilling.
1: So, if you're already a champion, right? What are you trying to prove each year?
0: That there is nothing anyone can do about it. And I think for us, for myself, that's been that's that's been a goal. Like you know, I've last year during the season. I'm like, "Yo, we're going to win the championship." And everybody like, "Why do you think that?" Like, why do you keep saying y'all are going to win the championship? Y'all won 15 games 2 years ago. Y'all lost in the pl- two-playing games. Like, "Why do you think y'all are going to win a championship?" And I remember saying verbatim, "Well, it still has not been proven that when Steph, Clay, and Mar- myself are together the whole way healthy, that someone can beat us." And so until someone can prove that, I get such a blast out of proving to other people that there's actually nothing y'all can do about it. And you talk all this stuff about being old, you talk all of this stuff about they can't do it, and nobody has figured it out yet. That's what I think for me is like, it's kind of like you got this little gold shiny object hanging dangling over people's head, like, "Hey, you can't get this thing, so <laughs> <And laughs> yeah. you it's figure this close, out." It's close, but you
1: don't. Yeah, you can't grab can't it. Get it. Yeah. So, if you were thinking about the four that you've won, right? I want you to name each one. Like, what did each one represent for you?
0: The first one was um, disbelief. Like, it was like going into that year like, yo, we got a chance to be good. And then we start playing. We're like, yo, I'll never forget. Maybe 10 games into the season, we all looking at each other like, hey, we may be, we're like, we, we can win a championship. And so all of a sudden, the mindset turns to like, <laughs> yo, we can go win a championship. The 2017 one was like KD's first year. You, with KD coming here, you know, like we cannot lose, like, We'll never hear the end of it. He'll never hear the end of it. We got to protect our brother. We are not allowed to lose. And quite frankly, if I'm being honest, up until Christmas Day, we hadn't had it figured out. And after that Christmas Day game, I remember Kevin like, I don't know, like I'm trying to take a backseat to Steph. And Steph like, dude, don't take a backseat to me. I'll figure it out. Go do what you do. And then from that point on, it was just a matter of, like, waiting on the date that we could win. Like, we knew we were winning. It was just a matter of the date getting there. <laughs> yeah. And I think for that one, it was... That one was almost, like, like a, a just nasty to everybody. Like, oh, y'all, like, first we were the good guys in a jump-shooting team that a jump-shooting team would never win. Now, all of a sudden, we're the supervillains. Yeah, and it
1: switched. Absolutely. Yeah, now we're did. the
0: supervillains. And so... That one was like, "Oh, we're the supervillains." Well, all right, say no more. There's nothing y'all can do about it. Then you go into 2018. Wait, so
1: first one's disbelief. Second one is just supervillain super ring. Villain. Okay, what's three?
0: You, you 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 go in into into um, 2018, and that one is like, "Okay, now we're coming back." and we need to stamp what we did last year. Like, everybody's still talking. We win the first championship with KD. Everybody got something to say. Uh, Kevin cheated. He did this. He joined them, and blah, blah, blah. Let's go do it again and and piss them off even more. And so I think that one was kind of like the icing on the cake for all of it. Like, let's go do it again. And once we won that one, the mindset immediately turns to, like, well, why not three-peat? Like, we haven't seen that. Why done. not three feet? Why not three feet? <laughs> Obviously, all the injuries happened and we're we're not able to accomplish that. But the fourth one, the fourth one was like the biggest fuck you. I'm not even sure if I can curse or I'm can. supposed to curse, Good. but that's I, I have no better way of explaining it. That was fuck you to everybody. Everybody who said we couldn't do it, uh, for those that are even on our side and didn't believe we could do it anymore. That was like the biggest fuck you to everybody that didn't believe, that said, you know, no disrespect to KD. What KD came here and did was incredible. But that said, when KD left, we wouldn't win again as if we didn't win before. Like, all of that. Uh, Clay's now coming back from two injuries. He'll never be the same. Draymond's washed and he's old and blah, blah, blah. Steph doesn't have help that was like the biggest fuck you to everybody because no one, no, Stephen A. did, but most people did not <laughs> pick us to win. And that one was just like, shut up. Like, you, you do not have the right to talk anymore. Like, for all of you that said there was no chance, for all of you that are supposed to be experts that just don't get it, like you don't understand what makes up the sauce, it was just like, you can shut up now. Thank you. Have a good day.
1: What makes up the sauce?
0: Number one, um, there's winners and there's losers. And I, I think people people don't realize that. Like, just because you're talented doesn't make you a winner. Mm. If I'm being quite honest, most super talented guys are losers. I've, vast majority of them are losers. And so, there's winners and there's losers and you have to understand what makes up a winner. Why do you win? Like, what's burning inside that's winning? And I think for us, what's, what's been so great and successful for us is that that's always been the most important thing. And we're going to compete. And I think one of the biggest things that, that makes up is to never get rattled. Like, man, you, we go in these playoffs, and, like, we, we literally know down to the T. Like, we'll walk in the locker room and be like, yo, this one over. Like, we got them figured out now. If they rattle, it's over. And you literally just watch guys shrink in the moment mm-hmm. year after year. After year after year, you watch guys shrink. And I think having that DNA of like just not shrinking in the moment and like welcoming those moments and never being rattled, that's a part of our makeup. And and if I'm being honest, that has won us some championships. And I think that's really been driven by Steve. Like I've never seen Steve in the playoff series rattle ever. Never seen them rattle. And you take on that. And so I think, you know, you, like, that is the biggest ingredient. It's just never being rattled by any situation, no matter what it is. You stand in there ten toes down, and you watch the other team fold. Because I'm telling you, I've watched teams get the two wins and fold, one win and fold. I've watched teams get the three wins and fold. But you can bet your bottom dollar they going to fold. Yeah. And you just got to stay the course. And most people can't do that. They start bickering at each other. It's this guy's fault. It's that guy's fault. No, nah, just stay solid. We'll be all right. Clay played bad last night. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, man. Draymond was awful game three. Oh, well. Nobody tripping. What are we going to do? Game four, Steph going to come out, carry the torch. We got it. No problem.
1: Like you the know. belief you'll always figure it out. Absolutely. Okay, I have like 80 million follow-ups because I thought that was fascinating. <laughs> but what you said when you said Talented people aren't doesn't make you a winner just because you have the talent, just because you have the capability. I don't mean a name, but can you give me an example of what you mean by that? Because I, I think there's a lot of truth to that.
0: Well, I think we see a lot of talented losers in this league. You know, you see guys that go out, score a bunch of points, put up great numbers. They may lose by 30 or win by 30 with those same numbers. I'm sorry, but if your numbers are the exact same and you lose by 30 and win by 30, you got to question what's going on with those numbers. Now, at times, you can look around and say, didn't get much help, right? Like, and that happens. Yeah. But, like, you got to compete on the defensive end. No matter how talented you are, you got to compete on the defensive end. Because if not, you're going to get in a playoff series and they're going to single that out. You got to compete on that side of the ball. It can't just be about one side of the ball. We see a lot of that in this league. You know, we see a lot of um, guys, when it's not going right, especially over-talented guy, overly talented guy, start pointing the finger and blaming others. But you're so talented, and you're that guy. How are you going to start pointing the finger now? Like, you can't start pointing the finger now because you're that good, right? Like, you are. That's what the hype says. That's what where you've been us. But the moment it go wrong, now it's that guy's fault. And it's that guy's fault. Yeah, you're a talented loser. You know, and so, like I said, I've seen it year after year around this league. And quite frankly, if I'm being honest, guys get glorified for it. You know, they get glorified for, oh, man, look at the numbers. Look this, that. You get glorified for it and... Nope. Meanwhile, I'm just sitting there watching like, yeah, that's cool now. When you get to the playoffs, that, that, that one going to fold right there. I can see it from a mile away.
1: I wonder, though, then is that something that can be taught, right? Like, is that who you are or can you be taught to be this winner? Can you be taught to not be shaken? Like, or is it there's the people that have it and there's the people that do not have it?
0: Well, I, I do think there are people that haven't, and I think there are people that don't. But I'll give you an example. Just 18 months ago, they were saying Andrew Wiggins was that.
1: Very true. Everyone counted out Andrew Wiggins. Bus, Yeah.
0: lacks of day school. Don't compete. Um, just going to go score his points and relax. Blah, blah, blah. We know all of the things that they said. So... That would bring me to say, either you have it and you just needed someone to pull it out of you, or it can be taught. Because that is one case study that everyone counted out. Mm-hmm. You, haven't, you don't hear a bad word about Andrew Wiggins nowadays, which is absolutely amazing. Like, makes me extremely happy. But either you've been around some other losers.
1: <laughs> and,
0: and it's they, contagious. And yeah. it's contagious and they couldn't bring it out. Yeah. Or it can be taught. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I think some guys do just have it. And, like, yeah. that's your makeup. That's your DNA. That's just what you're about. There are others that it needs to be pulled out and you got to constantly pull it out. But I don't know if it's on me to say whether he had it and we needed to pull it out or he learned it. Yeah. But it's one of the two, because that was not the sentiment around him 18 months ago. Absolutely.
1: But I so and I agree with what you're saying. But just for the sake of the topic and the argument, right, to play devil's advocate here, to me, that is about situation because somebody else might argue, well, he was able to become a winner because he's with you all. Mm -hmm. So there might be some people that feel like, okay, they have the talent, they have the capability, but they just literally don't have the situation. And I think there's just this balance between when is it the singular person and when is it the setting that that person is being put into, and can they thrive or can they not? Does that make sense, what I'm saying?
0: Well, I think 100% makes sense, and I think situation is important for everybody, right? Like, you could take the best CEO in the world and you go... Dump him in a in an organization full of losers and people that don't work hard and people that don't understand the vision. And he's only gonna be as successful as those people that, that's working underneath him. Yeah. Or she is only gonna be as successful as those people that's working underneath her. And so I I went, like situation, I think that's important for everyone. Nobody in this league is going out there and winning games by themselves. Mm-hmm. It's just never happened. Um, I think, you know, one that I always talk about is organizations.
1: Absolutely. You know, no yeah. one
0: ever blames organization. It's always the guy's fault. It's this kid's fault. It's that kid's fault. They can't figure it out. No one ever said that is a shit organization. Um not specifically talking about Wiggins, I'm just saying in general, no one ever blames organizations at all. It's always Even like, though
1: they literally make the decisions. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And by the
0: way, when you do well, then they take
1: the yeah. credit. But also sometimes, I think that's by design.
0: Well, 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's by design. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I think situation is important for everyone. Now, in saying that, though... It's not like Wiggins came here last year and we all won a championship. No, he ended up being a part of that team that won 15 games. Mm-hmm. He was also a part of that team that, um, that lost two playing games. But then you ask yourself the question, what did that experience do? Yes. Right? Like, oh, you got to feel like what it feels like just a little bit. How did that push you for that next year? Right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so you're also... Kind of a victim to circumstance as well. Sometimes it works in your favor, sometimes it doesn't. And I think, you know, in his case, okay, it worked in his favor, but it wasn't like it was the championship team of old, and and he was just plugged in. And we no, we had to rebuild a championship team and go do it again. And he was a huge part of that. So I don't, I can't sit and say that it was situation because every team, every year has its own challenges, and yeah. no one's situation is just the same where you can be plugged in and you just go win. We've seen that done before, years and years of people trying to go to the team and, win, and it don't work, you know, so you have to build that thing. And I can't say it's just situation because if that was the case, way more people would be champions.
1: That's fair. It's like, can you come in and kind of make the environment adapt to you? Absolutely. Like, can you thrive within that situation? Fair. Absolutely. I don't know if you're a person that thinks about history and where you stand in it. But if you are, do you ever think about what y'all's big three, right, of you, Steph, and Clay, means in the broader sense of basketball?
0: Um, I, I do think about it at times. Uh... Because I understand it from the ground up, right? Like, I understand it from laying the first brick. Showing up eight weeks before training camp as a rookie. Mm-hmm. And Mark Jackson has his entire staff. Darren Ehrman working with us on defense. Like, we're spending an hour on hour and a half, literally on defense, not touching the ball because they were 29th to 30th in the league in defense the year before. And they're like, we're going to be a top five defense no matter what. And like, we're spending an hour, hour and a half on defense. I can still look back and and understand and and see like those first bricks being laid, where the game of basketball was then and where it is now. But in understanding Every step along the way, how it was changing, all of a sudden, like I said, I will never forget. And, and Charles was a big culprit. Don't <laughs> shooting teams, can't win championships. They will never, you live by the three, you die, die by, by the three. Me. Blah, blah, when's the last time you heard live <laughs> by the three, die oh, by yeah. the three, right? And so that's the Stephen and Clay thing, right? You live by the three, you're going to die by the three. Them brothers ain't dead yet
1: hmm It's been a long
0: time That's coming out. Yeah,
1: it's long-lived. <laughs> right. Also, everybody's
0: shooting three, so it don't look like they're going to die no time soon. Yeah, yeah. Later. Okay, so you got that. When I came in the league, there was this word being tossed around, and I was labeled it, and it was almost like a death sentence, and it was the word tweener. When's the last time you heard the word tweener?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's right. not a thing now. But it was absolutely uh, a It thing. was a depth shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would never and forget. And you didn't want the label. No, it yeah. was awful. Yeah.
0: Now they're looking for tweeners, and they don't call them that anymore, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like an understanding. Why did that change? Well, no one will ever say your favorite power forward wasn't dribbling the ball up the court before I started bringing the ball up the court and running the offense. Nobody, nobody's ever going to say that. Probably because I'm just that hated man, and it's okay. <laughs> But if you won't say that, just know I know you don't know basketball. And that's okay, too. Because we all can't know basketball. I always talk about that. Like, everyone doesn't know basketball. So if you can't go back and look back at NBA basketball, (laughs) if you may have missed what you were watching, we'll just say you may not know basketball. And that's okay.
1: So then... Not doing a ranking situation, but when you think of, like, those other top big threes, I think something about you all is you did genuinely change the way the basketball was played. But what are the other big threes that you're like, okay, they might have us, though, because of what they were able to do? What I think— Because I'm just so interested in—the story that history will tell about the Warriors is going to be fascinating to me.
0: I think it's going to be incredible, but when I look at other big 3s, I don't necessarily look at them and say, "Oh man, they have this on us or they have that on us." Because quite frankly, I I think it's just it's it's almost impossible to compare. Like if you look at the Lakers, everybody's going to say Shaq and Kobe, right? Like but Derek Fisher was so important to those teams and they couldn't win without Derek Fisher. Yeah. Is that a big three or is it not because Derek Fisher wasn't averaging as many points as, say, Shaq and Kobe was averaging, right? And so you look at, but then you look deeper into the Lakers' history and you talk Magic, Kareem, mm-hmm. big game. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I love our victory, right? Like, it's incredible. And what we've done is absolutely amazing. But Magic Kareem and James Worthy, I'm sorry.
1: Yes, yeah, like I'm they, probably going to pick are.
0: Magic Kareem and James <laughs> Worthy. Like, I mean, that's just a totally different
1: yeah. animal. But I mean, that's that's not a bad one if like, you're right, you know. You look at they earned that. Like you
0: look at D Wade, Braun, and Bosch, and it's like I wouldn't necessarily pick them over us. But as a basketball mind, if I if 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 you said, well, we're going to pick we're going to put these three up against each other. First. I'm probably going to pick them.
1: Not because I I'm think they're... i surprised say that. Not
0: because I think they're better than us, though. Yeah. But Bosh is 6'11". LeBron is 6'9". <laughs> like, there's
1: just facts. Yeah.
0: D-Way is 6'4". <laughs> yeah. 225. Physically, they got us overmatched. Mm-hmm. Now, so as a basketball mind, I'm saying, oh... I'm picking up. But then that's where also on the flip side of basketball, mind's not understanding all that goes into it, right? Mm -hmm. And so with all that goes into it, the mental toughness, not bending on each other, not pointing a finger on each other. Like, you know how many times I've went into the media and and like tried to take blame for myself to like take the blame for Steph and Clay? Mm -hmm. Do you know how many times Steph has gone into the media and taken the blame for me and Clay? Clay will go and, like, I just need to be better. Like, and Clay is never going to say as much as Steph and I will. But my point being, we're never going to go throw the next one under the bus. You know, we're never going to go blame the next guy. We're going to shoulder it and be like, oh, I'm going to go do this. And I know he's going to fall in line because I have that trust in him. And I know if I go in the foxhole, them two going to follow me in there or, or vice versa. And so, as a basketball mind, you look at all those physical tools, and you're like, I'm picking those guys. I, as a basketball mind, will pick those guys too. But when you get down to, to it. To the nitty gritty. I ain't picking nobody over us three. Now, I know I probably confused everybody and that was kind of the <laughs> setup of like big game and, 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 and the heaters and all of that. But I don't think. Any of those guys, and there's no disrespect to them, I don't think any of those guys have the makeup that we have. Mm-hmm. In part due to, not, not that they're not physically tough, not that they're not mentally tough, but they don't, those, none of those guys face the same challenges that we face. Undersized. Undersized, um, Steph. Yep. Like, Clay is about the only one that has, like, great size for his position. yeah. Uh, other two, we're, we're undersized. Um, one was, Steph was too slow, and handles weren't good enough, and Clay couldn't dribble good enough, and I was just way too fat and too slow with no position. Like, those You're groups— a tweener. Those groups didn't face any of that. A yeah, tweener, exactly. Like, those groups ain't not yeah. face any of that, and that's why I'm picking us.
1: So— I know I touched on this, but this big three obviously has been very important to basketball, but even more important to the Warriors as an organization. And you guys are really the foundation of this kind of two-timeline plan that the Warriors have talked about. As a player, though, what are the benefits of that type of plan, and what are the challenges with that type of plan? Um,
0: I think as a, as a player, for me, the benefits are the relationships that you build with these young guys, Mm -hmm. like the relationship that I have with Moses Moody, I cherish. Like the relationship that I've built with Ty Jerome, I cherish the relationship that I've built with Jonathan Camino. I cherish, like I enjoy trying to show those guys the way like, Getting James Wiseman to open up and talk like every time he see me. He like, Drake, what's up? He come up to me. He come up to me having conversations about life. That's special. And so when I look at the benefits of it, that's the biggest benefit to me. Is you have the opportunity to help guide and steer these young guys' future. That is special. Mm -hmm. You know, that's like, that's what Jared Jack did for us. That's what Jermaine O'Neill did for us and Carl Landry and David Lee and Andrew Bogan and like Richard Jefferson. They like, oh, and they start helping steer us. I get so much joy out of trying to help steer these young guys and show them that, nah, you shouldn't do that. You should do that this way or Think about this this way. Not necessarily that you should go, but maybe just think about this this way. And then if you think about it that way, tell me what you come up with. Yeah. You know, right? Like, allowing them to have their own brain, but teaching them how to think, teaching them how to process, teaching them how to watch film. Those are the benefits. And the biggest benefit for me. Because quite frankly, also, I'll be gone from here one day. Clay will be gone. Steph will be gone. But building those things, building those relationships, they'll go far past here. You, you know how much, like how happy it makes me and I'm sure it makes him when I, I walk out and I get to see Jared Jack and he's a coach for another yeah. Not that it's just like I'm so proud of him, but like that's my vet, yeah, man. Like, yeah, vet. That, that's my OG, you know? And so that's the special part of it. Now, the disadvantages of it is it's a disadvantage for us, but it's even more of a disadvantage for those guys, which is they don't, under, they don't come in understanding basketball at the level that we need them to understand it at for the level that we've played and mm-hmm. are playing at, right? And it's a disadvantage for us because you're trying to teach and play and on the fly get this guy in the right position and this, that, and other. But for them, it's even more of a disadvantage. Yeah. Because
1: it's kind of always catch up.
0: Exactly. You're playing catch up. Everybody's expecting you to come in. Think about this. Moses Moody at 19 years old. Jonathan Kaminga at 19 years old. James Wiseman at 19 years old are all expected, or when they were 19, to come in and compete at the level that we compete at we compete at a higher level than your favorite player in the NBA. Yeah. Yet those guys come in and never expect it right away or stick out like a sore thumb yeah. that you're supposed to be able to compete at the level that Steph competes at and that you're supposed to be able to shoot at the level that Clay shoots at, right? And you're supposed to be able to defend at the level and understand the game at the level that I... <laughs> That's impossible. Right. It's impossible. But that's what they're up against. And no one has compassion for them. Right? No one. It's, they get, oh, man, those young guys aren't ready, blah, blah,
1: blah. Right. It's like, no, you're here. Like, Buckle up. Yeah, like, yeah. No one has compassion <laughs> yeah. for them.
0: No one says, Jonathan Kaminga's the seventh pick. You look at just about any other seven pick, they're going to a team that stinks. Yeah. They're going to a team that ain't won, that's probably lottery every year trying to figure it out. And guess what? They get to go there and shoot all the balls and grow through their mistakes and get better as a player and improve not on national TV, Mm -hmm. right? Like you make it one national TV game a year. On league pass, which league pass is great, but it's not national TV. Like,
1: you know, Jonathan's experience is much different like, no, than what like, you would think. James White, yeah,
0: number two pick, yeah, is getting judged also, at a championship fair, level in year
1: two. They also got lucky, though.
0: What I, I mean, I think you 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 create your luck. And For so sure. the work that they put in they created their No, life. I'm saying
1: they got lucky that their experience was with the Warriors, that they learned how to be winners, that they were able to do well. That it's hard, but the hard paid off.
0: But it's twofold, though, because if you ask most people in in sports, they would tell you that Jonathan Kaminga still hasn't learned how to win. They would tell you that Moses Moody still hasn't learned how to win. And that they were only on a team with Steph and Clay and Draymond. And that's why they were able to win a championship. So they don't get the benefit of like, oh, you went that's and won fair. a championship. Now, when you get down to it, as you go on your career, like I won a championship and no one can take that away from you. But they don't get the benefit of like, oh, you know how to win because you won a championship. They don't get that.
1: But for an early pick, I'd rather be with the Warriors is what I'm saying. That's where the luck aspect comes from.
0: I mean, in a sense, yes. But what about when you're getting bashed every single day Fair. at 19 mm-hmm. when it ain't looking so good? Yeah, it looked great at the end when you're the trophy. But what about everything that you've been going through all year because everybody expects that you're number seven picking. You're just supposed to figure it out right away with this championship team. Like, what about all of that that you go through? And so in the end, yes, it pays off. But while you're going through it, the it never feels day. that way. Like, yeah. when you're going through it, it's just like, like you can't catch a break. You almost feel snake bitten. You're going to miss a rotation, dude. This stuff, ha- this game happening so fast. Yeah. Like, J.K., you're going to miss a rotation. I'm sorry. There's no way you're going to see that coming. This game is happening so fast. Mm-hmm. But he's judged like, I missed the rotation. Right. And so I think it's, it's a twofold thing, and, and as much of a disadvantage as that could be for us at times, it's an even bigger disadvantage for them, and no one has compassion for them about it.
1: No, that's fair. When you were explaining that, though, you said, you know, there's going to be a day that I'm not here. Is it hard for you to say that, like, there will be a day that you maybe aren't a warrior? No. No?
0: No, because, um quite frankly, the writing's on the wall, and... I understand the business, and we tend to get into this mindset of someone owes us something because of what we've accomplished, but those someones on the other side don't feel that way, so you'd be an idiot to walk around feeling that way. Like, I feel like you're just setting yourself up. For failure, you're setting yourself up for heartbreak. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. As opposed to saying no, let me learn this business. Let me understand the business side of this. And if you understand the business side of it, for me, when I say the writing on the wall, that's that's why that's what I mean when I say the writing. I understand the business of basketball. I spend a lot of time, like, talking to Rich Paul, mm-hmm. like, about the business. And learning more and more and more about the business side of things, and if you spend your time doing that, which I think all should, like I think it's crazy to be in a business
1: and not understand the the ins and outs. Like, I mean, but it's very common. I don't
0: get it, but it is very common. But if you don't, if if you don't get to know the business, then you can be blindsided and be like, oh man, I, well everything I done there, I thought I'd be there forever. I quite frankly, I don't think I will be. I would love to be, but I also understand the business. I understand the luxury tax. I understand you got these young guys and contracts up, and they have to get paid. Like I understand all of those things. And so, just for me, when I say the writings on the wall, that's what I mean by the writings on the wall. Is that yeah. I just understand the business side, and when are you when you can remove your emotions, because. There was a time where I was very emotional about this. And I couldn't have this very conversation with you about this topic. I was very emotional. But I had to take a step back and say, let me take a step outside of this and remove my emotions. And let me put my thinking cap on. Let me put my business cap on. And when I put that business cap on, it was glaringly noticeable that, hey, dude, you'd be an idiot if you're about to go into this emotional side. Mm -hmm. Because just look at the business. Look at the books. And if you look at the books and you look at the business, You get a better understanding. Now, are there ways around that? Could that possibly change? Absolutely. Would I love to be here? Yes. But in looking at the business for me and my
1: understanding, I just don't think so. When was that time? You said there was a time that I was emotional. I couldn't have had this conversation. And then I learned to, like, remove my emotions.
0: Last summer, after winning the championship, I was very emotional about it. How so? I was just upset because one side of me is looking at the business side like, I don't know how this is going to play out and I don't think I'm going to be on the right side of the way this plays out. The other side of me is looking at, like, man, I've won four championships here in 10 years, an organization that couldn't couldn't beat my high school team for years. Like, I should be here and they should commit to me As long as I'm playing because of what I've done here. And, like, that's the human side of it, right? Like, that's the competitive side. That's the, um, we've had success and I'm feeling myself a little bit side, right? But I knew I had to take a step outside of that if I really wanted to understand. Mm -hmm. And so I just spent the time and, like, tried to remove my emotions from it. And when I removed my emotions, I'm, I was able to see a different side of it. But I was real emotional about it at first. Yeah. Very emotional about
1: it. So when you're talking about it, it's like you're like, I was very emotional. I remember vividly last summer, you were emotional. How did that play out in your life? Um, I
0: think it played out in my life. Uh, I have a very close relationship with Bob. And I think Bob could tell you. Like, <laughs> He's like, Bob, he was emotional. Bob would tell you, like... One day, my conversation was like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and, like, a week later, my conversation probably looked like this. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, and he's like, and he said to me, he's like, yo, what happened? <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, I just had to, like, do some soul searching and, like like, think about this stuff. And, like, really open my mind to what's in front of me and not sit here and... And, and think about it from the standpoint of, I've accomplished this, and we've done this, and we're owed this. And I said, once I once I stepped outside of that, like I said, it was very easy for me to move to where I am now once I removed my emotions about it.
1: Which is a journey and like a learning experience Absolutely. always. Absolutely. It's probably never completely over. But you always can get better and better. But you're learning about yourself your entire life. 100%.
0: And, you know, what's crazy is over the last few years, I've done a lot of learning about myself. And I feel like I had some years where I stopped learning about myself. And sure enough, during that time, I kind of stopped liking myself, you know, like. Because I wasn't getting better. I felt very stagnant. I felt like, just like, ah, like, just in one spot, not growing, like, and the reality is, if you ain't growing, you you're declining. Yes. And so, I just didn't feel like I was doing the work and, like, kind of getting lost in this revolving door that we all live in in the sports world. And, like, man, like, you got to lock in and focus and, like, read more and, like, Start back doing the personal work, and like I've enjoyed it, but it's a journey.
1: Do you like yourself
0: now? Oh, I love myself now. Like I feel like I've grown so much, and don't get me wrong, I've always loved myself. Like, trust me, there's no shortage of love yeah, for me. Trust but no,
1: I feel you're like when I you're like when I would sit and think about who I was, I just didn't know is this a person I want to be around?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. it's like you know, from like. I thoroughly enjoy myself and, like, but but on the, on the other side of that, I thoroughly enjoy working on myself. And so I feel like because of that, I'm constantly growing and learning. And that's fun and it's challenging. And, like, there's something to wake up to every day and, like, do, you know, and, like, chase after and, like, just be on this, this constant journey of, like, being your best self that you can be. And so I enjoy that. And and with that comes a ton of mistakes, like daily mistakes. But I enjoy working through them. I get no better feeling than like feeling like I'm working through some of my mistakes and like coming out on the other side of them. There's no better feeling because I know and I understand the time that I had to spend in order to do that.
1: And I know, you know, that daily work and that, that understanding of who you are and the mistakes you make and how you can become better is something that I know that you take really seriously and something that I know that you are really working on reflecting and about who you can be and who you have been. And I know, obviously, when the Jordan Poole video came out, there was a lot of chatter about that video. But when you watch that video, how do you feel about yourself?
0: Well, when I watched the video... When that video first came out, I watched that video all day. Go to it, watch it, watch it over and over again. Leave it, go do something else. Come back to the video, watch it again. Because that video had me form an opinion about myself. And I was sitting there, and as someone who, who was involved in the incident, I totally forgot, in watching that video, everything that went on. Because in the video, you watch an audioless video, you watch a three-second clip of me walking up, and, and I swing. And, like, that's what you see. That video was put out there like that to portray me the exact way it did. Does that mean I was not wrong in what I did? No. That does not mean that. 100% 100% was the wrong reaction. But in everything, there's also a full story. I don't care to share my story. One day I will. It ain't the time nor the place, nor do I care to share it. I care more about figuring this team out and trying to win. But one day I will. Because there's always a time. But what I, what I figured out in watching that video for all day is like, damn, this, is, this actually was what this was meant to do. Like, this was meant to form an opinion about me and not give another side to it. Like, not even allow another opinion to be formed. This video was put out just like this. No audio. If we got this video, we got the whole practice, right? Like we got everything, right? All you see is what five seconds. And so what I had to do is number one, and because like once that release, I'm I'm experiencing so many emotions, right? Like I'm I'm upset. Like, how the hell does this get released? I'm like going through hell. Because you're, uh, I mean, just at the sole discretion of public opinion. And on the flip side of that, also dealing with my team, whose sentiments also changed once the video came out. So here you are, here I am, in a situation where Everybody was there. Everyone attended. Whatever was going to be, was going to be. And then the video comes out and everything changes. And so now I'm like, wow. But that's what this was intended to do. That's why this was released this way. And so in going through every emotion and experiencing all the different emotions that I was experiencing, In order for me to even start to unpack this whole thing, I have to look at it from every point of view. Like, I can't just go in like, well, this is the point of view I'm going to look at it from. And that's it. Like, you come out very short-sighted. Like, you come out with not all the facts. You come out with um, not a complete understanding because you didn't look at a complete picture. And so... I had to start looking at this thing from like so many different viewpoints and trusting different people's viewpoints that I trust, you know, Um, trusting some people's viewpoints that I don't trust, like, and just really using that to kind of dissect and unpack this whole thing. And in doing that, it really led me to some different spaces, but like I said, one of those spaces being. This was this this was put out like this to to form that opinion on me that it did.
1: So just a clarifying so question, because I'm curious. I, I and I can't tell if this is what you're being insinuated. I don't want to be wrong. The video coming out, you feel like was like a calculated thing for the video to come out. One hundred percent.
0: You ain't never seen another video from our practice. That camera gotta be on every day, right? Or was it just on that day in that moment for those five seconds? And you see one of our plays drawing, that, that we drawing up in practice coming out from those videos, you ain't seen anything else coming out from practicing those videos. So it's 100% calculated. Who was it calculated by? I don't know. I would still love to know that answer. I still don't have an answer on how the video got released. Not sure I will ever get an answer. Be honest with you, I'm not even in search of an answer. I would love to know, but I ain't chasing after it for what? It's a waste of my time. What happened? Happened. Um, I accepted my responsibility in it. And once I accepted, once I accepted my responsibility in it, I started to move forward. Like, I accepted my responsibility, I knew I was wrong, I apologized to those that I needed to apologize to. And now it's time to do the work and move forward. And so in saying that, I'm not going to spend a bunch of time going to try to figure out right. who who released it because it's it's behind me, you know, and and I want it to stay behind me. I don't want to put that back in front of me. And so, um, but it's 100% a calculated thing by whoever released it or whoever was behind it. It's 100% calculated. I wish I knew the answer of who it was calculated by But it's definitely calculated.
1: So with you, and I know, obviously, I listened to your podcast talking about I saw the piece you did on TNT and like taking the responsibility of being wrong in the video, that what you did, you know, and I honestly don't really know the question to ask because we don't know what happened. And, you know, and that's not a thing you want to share. And that's totally fine. But with the information that we have presented to us from what we saw in the video, Do you think that you all have been able to be in the space to move forward? Do you think that you have shown to Jordan, based on what we have seen, that you are sorry, that you want to move forward, that it can be put behind you?
0: Uh, We go to work every day together. Our lockers are right next to each other. That never changed. We ride the same buses together. We change in the same locker room on the road together. we None of that has changed. Did it change our relationship? Of course. Absolutely. That's still a work in progress. I'll always be willing to continue to do that work because I was wrong. And so in saying all of that, yes, like, definitely allowed to move forward. And we have moved forward. And it's been just fine. But it's a different 100%. And not that I expected it to be the same, right? Like, if I had to say back then, like, oh, I think this would go like this, or I think it will go like that. I can't say it's went very different or it's been very far off from the way I thought it would go. Um, I think it's been pretty close to the way that I thought it would go. But as far as like us moving forward, we've definitely moved forward. And, And I see improvements Day by day, week by week, month by month, I see improvements. That's good. And that's all you can ask for. You know, um, I don't expect him to come out and be like, man, I want to come hang with you off the court. And like, I don't expect that. Like, I'm not, I'm not a fool. Like, I grew up in Saginaw, Michigan. <laughs> I've been in advice before, like, I've been in situations before. I know how you come out of those situations. Like, it's not what I expected. So, in saying that, It's kind of what I expected it to be. But it's a constant work in progress because it's very important to the makeup of our team, to the success of our team. And so I continue to do the work.
1: Yeah. So separate from everything that happened in the video, you said something I thought was interesting, which is it allowed people to form an opinion of you. What do you think is the disconnect between who you actually are and what you think people think about you?
0: Well, I think people judge you based off what they see on a basketball court, which I always say to people, if I came to you and I came and sat down in your job and I watched you work, what opinion would I form about you? For most people, it won't be the opinion I'll form about you, if I'm just sitting in a room with you, talking, kicking it with you, having a drink or whatever, it wouldn't be the same opinion for. Her. And if so, you're probably you probably suck at your goddamn job. <laughs> <laughs> if my opinion of you is gonna be the same in everything that you do, like then where's the separation? Is so you're not working hard? Like something's not not really adding up. And so I think. Um, what people do is they, they watch me work and then they form this opinion on who I am as a person. And it couldn't be so much further from the truth and really shows how dumb people are. Um, that they form their opinion and think the same person that I watch take the basketball floor every night with the Golden State Warriors, that's who that guy is. Like I have people like, hitting my wife up, like, oh my God, I know he's beating you at home and he's beating on your kids. And I'm like, wait, that's what you took away from that? Like, what? Like, you took away- yeah, that's crazy. From me getting into an altercation and my job in a, a very high testosterone environment, like, you took away from that that I beat on my kids and my wife? How could you possibly take that away from that? You know, and so the disconnect is basketball is entertainment. Although I play basketball to win, it's entertainment. And a part of who we are, entertainers, you have to be. Like, it's a show. We we go out and we put on a show, night in and night out. I'm not sure what the disconnect is for people, to be honest, because I don't try to figure it out because I can really care less. Um, Like, if if you are someone that see me on a basketball court and you walk away from there thinking, that guy's an asshole and I don't like him, I'm glad you feel that way because I don't need to talk to you because, like, why would I need to talk to you? Like, if that's what you walk away from it with, like, Number one, you, you, you're you so far off understanding me and what I do anyway to where I don't really care to explain it to you or get you to know. And so I don't really know what the disconnect is. Um,
1: but you in saying that, I,
0: I know I've won a lot. Of, and and one thing, people hate winners. Yeah. Quite frankly, because most people are losers.
1: So I know you're saying like you you don't like it doesn't matter to you right what someone says about you and I think that that is the um, no it matters yeah that's what I say I think I think that that's the attitude that like you want to have but I think it's an impossible attitude to have all of the time mm-hmm. because I think it's a human want for people to like you mm-hmm. I just think that's that's just the fact mm-hmm. of it so. these times where you're feeling like maybe everyone's against you or they think that you're this person, is there, like, a sadness that comes with that?
0: Number one, it definitely matters. Um, It it will never not matter. I just think for me personally, I'm definitely not going to spend time trying to figure it out. That's a total waste of time. And so that's where it's kind of like, where you're kind of like, Man, it is what it is. I don't care. It's not that I don't care that someone doesn't like me. It's that I don't care to try to figure out why you don't because if I had to do that, then I'd be spending my life doing that. And so I think it's more so that. Um, Is there a sadness that comes with it? I wouldn't necessarily say a sadness, but I will say it's unpleasant at times. Like, I'll give you an example. Trey Young, who I am a big fan of, like Go I, Hawks. I, I like there you <laughs> Atlanta, there it is. <laughs> like, I'm a big fan of Trey Young. He's talented as hell, underdog, small, all of that. But because of his stature, you're gonna to wanna to like him before you wanna hate him. And I personally think Trey has in his mind, he's taken on this villain role. Like, right? and he's bought into it and he has dove hair first in. He's good enough to take it on and still play well and still be Trey Young and still be an all star and be fine. But I personally think it's the wrong approach.
1: Mm, why?
0: Because being a villain, they fun. You only get so much out of telling, like, out of shutting someone up. Like, how many times you going to shut them up? And then, like... Yeah, then what? Then what? (laughs) They still hate you. You're still looked at as the villain and blah, blah, blah. I have kids. You don't know how that's going to affect them, how people may, And so it's like... It's just no fun. Like, it's fun at times, don't get me wrong. It has its moments where... Yeah,
1: you're like, well, you're yeah, in it. it
0: and, and enjoying every minute, minute of it. Mm-hmm. But overall... It ain't no fun. Like, forcing people to not like you. And, like... And so I think, like, for a guy like Trey, like, nah, man, go the opposite way. Like... Go the the opposite way. Not that you're, like, in search of someone liking you, because that's wrong, too. Like, you shouldn't be in search of someone liking you, but...
1: But you're saying, like, almost don't intentionally make life harder. Exactly.
0: Like, because... Because it doesn't just make life harder on the basketball court. Like, it make life harder all the way around. Because, again, that same judgment... That same judgment just walks with you. And first, you're the underdog and you're the villain and you take on that role and everybody loves it. And very soon after, then it becomes distasteful. They hate it. They hate you. They're slandering you. They're slandering your name and all of this. And so it's like it has a quick moment of, like, where it's cool and it's fun. But then it it, it goes astray and you're just kind of stuck in this
1: space. So... I totally agree, right, that who you are as a human is not who you are in the basketball court. I know you, so I know what you're actually like. But I'm wondering, because I'm a big advocate for therapy. I talk about it a lot on the show. One thing when I was going to therapy, though, I say is this accountability aspect of life. Mm -hmm. So if you zoom out and you think about your life, what role do you think that you have played in maybe the negative things that people think about you?
0: I played a huge role in it, like a very big role, in it. but I'm also not upset about it either because I also don't think I'm sitting here doing this interview with you if I didn't play as big a role in it, if I didn't, if I was not the villain, if I wasn't, um, you know, throughout my career. Um... If I did not have that same chip on my shoulder, like...
1: Like the persona.
0: Yeah, I'm six five and three quarters. I make your nearest seven-footer look like a little dude. Like, that's hard. Well, with that comes, like, you just, like, I'm sorry, but you just don't get all the benefits and, and not get the, the disadvantages to it as well. Like, so you got to take the good with the bad. Mm-hmm. And if I'm being honest, my good severely outweighs the bad. Like, I live a pretty good life. I have a great family. I've built a great career from now on moving forward. Like, so my it's not like the bad outweighs the good. No, like, my, my good severely outweighs the bad. But in saying that, I understand the role that I've played in it. And if I'm being honest, there at, at times I've fed more into it. Not more, much as of late. I'm always talk shit. Like, that's what I do. Yeah, like, Saginaw. that's me. <laughs> and so, that's never going to stop. So, I, if someone's going to see this and be like, oh, you're going to keep talking? Absolutely. Like, and if that's what you're taking, and then, great. Keep, keep taking because I'm never going to stop doing that. But, I think on on the you know on the other side of it, um, I've I've caused a lot of it, but then there's also like the circumstance and like reputational things that has affected it as well. That takes some things a step further than they would for most it can be the same exact thing. But because of all the prior stuff, it's not the same on this side. Although the same, we did the same thing on this side, but how it looks for me over here and how it looks for someone else, it's not the same. And that's uh, that can be challenging at times because that takes some maturity for you to understand and say, okay, it's not the same. But then you have to be able to Be honest with yourself and say, why is it not the same? And if you can't be honest with yourself and tell yourself why it's not the same, it's hell. Because then you sit in this space of like not understanding and not like, not really believing what's right in front of you. And that's a tough place to be in.
1: No, that's interesting. I just think it's interesting. Like, you you have that presence of mind to know that, like, okay, Trey, what you're doing, it's going to make your life harder. Mm -hmm. But you don't have the time machine for you to go back and say, Draymond, this way is going to make your life harder. You know? And it's just like now you kind of become the thing that you would warn someone about. Does that make sense?
0: 100%. Yeah. I think... In raising my kids, like some of the things that I know that has made my life harder, I try to um, I try to correct those things with with my kids like the moment I see them like no 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 don't do that like and because I understand what that particular thing did to me or for me or against me, but then on the flip side you're like but that thing also is the reason this thing was created or that thing is the reason I'm this way and blah, blah, blah. And trying to understand that and, like, find that balance, Mm -hmm. that's one of the everyday struggles for me in parenting. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And knowing, like, yeah, you need some of this to get there. But some of this may come with that thing, and I know how that thing hurt me. So, like, then what's the right answer? Like, yeah. What's the right thing to show? What's the right thing to teach? That that's, that's one of my biggest struggles as a parent that I feel like I live with daily.
1: Yeah. Oh, being a parent, I can't imagine. It's crazy. Yeah, it's just <laughs> always, like, every decision you feel like you're making is, like, the biggest decision because you're literally shaping the lives of, like, these people that you love more than anything on the planet. It's like, it, I feel like it would just consume every single thing that
0: you do. And that is the kicker, right? Like, having a kid, man, I always say, you'll you say, like, y'all die for my mom. We all have said it. I know I have. I am one hundred percent certain my mom would die for me, but what I am hundred percent also one hundred percent certain of is that I would die for mine. That love as a parent is totally different, totally different, and yet it's hard, but it's so rewarding because, like you said, you're you're helping shape the life. Like, I was talking about the rookies earlier like, how you can help guide them and help shape their future. Like, having kids is like that to the 1,000th degree.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like the one millionth degree. But also, I have to say this. So Jason Tatum came on my show last summer, I think. Yeah. And we're talking about him being a dad, and he, ex- he said exactly, he was like, I now understand, like, the movie John Q. Yes. He's like, because in a heartbeat... I'm dying for deuce,
0: like that, no yeah. problem, like, yeah, like my kids, no problem, mhm, oh, by the way, go enjoy, like have mm-hmm. a blast, you'll miss me, and we'll miss each, other. but, but in a heartbeat,
1: yeah,
0: but that love is different, and it's crazy because when I had kids. I understood, I I I understood and understand my mom so much more yeah. than I did before. Like, there used to be things that my mom would get mad at me when I was a kid. And I'm like, man, that's like, why are you mad at yeah. that? Like, that's nothing.
1: <laughs> You're like, mom, I get it now. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like,
0: you you have a kid and you realize how tied into that kid that you are. Yeah. And like the smallest thing they do, like it hurts. Like, because you just and more so hurts from the standpoint of, I just don't want you to have to deal with X or, you know, I don't want you to get um, hit by Y because I know what comes if you get hit by X or hit by Y. And, and you're just hurt in part. You just don't want to see them suffer or struggle or go through anything that's not great. But it's challenging. It's challenging.
1: Oh, I love it. I mean, I could literally sit here and talk to you about this all day, but I think I only have you for 10 more minutes. So I do want to talk about defense, and I do want to play a little game of fill in the blank. But let's start with defense um, because something that you said to me, I think about all the time when it comes to just, like, talking about the game, thinking about the game. You were like, we do not talk about defense the same way we talk about offense, and we should can you explain what you mean by that to the viewers
0: well I think um,
1: when you look at
0: when you look at then the analysis side of basketball or highlights let's just go how, how often do you see defensive highlights how often is a team is, is an analyst analyzing a team's defensive scheme or analyzing um, coverage, or unless you were absolutely incredible, analyzing a guy's defensive performance, unless you were off the charts. They don't, but the reality is defense, defense has as big, if not bigger, effect on the game than that offense does. The only difference is you have to score a point to win. Yeah. (laughs) So I get it. But guess what? If you're good, your defense can lead to that offense. You know, like, you. and when it's it's doing that, I mean, it's going good. And when I say I don't think people analyze defense the same way they do offense, like you can be an absolutely great defender. And if you have no offensive game, you may not be in the NBA. But how many guys do you see in the NBA that has good offensive skills or great offense and can't check
1: anybody? Yeah.
0: <laughs> like can't check a soul.
1: Yeah. I mean some people just don't play defense. Like yeah. Yeah.
0: But guess what? Most hardly no one doesn't just play offense. Right. And so when you look at the game from that perspective, it is also analyzed and viewed that way. Defense is not viewed with the same um care or it's it's not viewed in the same space as offense. And quite frankly, I don't understand why. I do understand why. The reality is... <laughs> I understand part of the reason why. Yeah. The reality is, in order for you to sit there and dissect the defense, you have to really know what's going on. You have to know rotations. You have to try to figure out what coverage someone is in because depending on the coverage that someone's in, it, it, you may thought, that person broke down when in reality. It was this person that broke down because of the way we regard said thing. And I just have never for the life of me understood why defense isn't judged with the same, with the same love, gratitude, whatever you will, word you want to use as offense.
1: Yeah, because you were like, I remember you said to me, you were like, there's no defensive situation where you don't want me in the game.
0: That's a fact.
1: And you said there's people, you know, that have won defensive play over the year, that are finalists for defensive play over the year, and there are situations that they can be in where they're uncomfortable. You're like, but there's no situation that I get into.
0: You can't make me uncomfortable in defense. I'm sorry. But there is no situation. You want to put me on the ball? Okay, I'll go guard the ball. You want to put me as the screener? Uh, guarding the screener? Great, I can do that easy. Or I'm, I'm guarding the ball and it's, there's a screen coming. I know how to do that, too. I need to go guard the post? I'll do that. Help side? Come on, that's a drop in the bucket.
1: Um, <laughs> do it in my sleep. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a piece of cake.
0: <laughs> blitz in the pick and roll? Okay, I can go blitz. You want me to play the backside of the blitz and kind of play? The, I'm, I'm the man in the four-on-three? Great, I can do that. No problem. Like I don't feel like there's a there's a Anything on the defensive end that you can do to make me uncomfortable. There are guys on the defensive end that gets a lot of credit for defense, and you can make them very uncomfortable very fast for an entire game. And I just don't understand for the life of me if it's like, if there was something that you can do to Steph Curry and make him uncomfortable on offense time after time and time again, we would not look at him as the same offensive player as we do. Because the first thing we'll say was, oh, but all you got to do is guard him this way and then he's done. Yeah. But the moment you do that on defense, it's not viewed with that same disdain. It's not viewed with, well, if we just run this or we put this guy in this action over and over again, they're going to struggle. It ain't viewed that way.
1: Are there, are there some seasons you're like, that DPOI should have been mine? For sure. <laughs> Care to share when? win?
0: I'm probably sure two or three of them. Kawhi beat me, and there was no chance Kawhi should have beat me. One of the times that he won. Now, in saying that, Kawhi is an absolutely incredible defender. Great. Take nothing away from him. You put him on somebody, he could go lock him down. As of late, obviously getting older, injuries, getting his rhythm back, different. But at that time, absolutely amazing. But I got Al Gore.
1: Al Gore. <laughs> I didn't even know. Wow, well, didn't think I, I'd be talking about Al Gore today. <laughs>
0: When that happened, I had no idea you can win, like, more first-place votes and still lose. How did I have all of those first-place votes and then some ballots I didn't even make the ballot? Like, that don't even make sense to me. And so that right there alone was like, yeah, that kind of don't make sense. Last year, it wasn't—and by the way, Marcus Smart won it last year. Should have won it last year, I'll find it. But when I got hurt, it was like, I was like runaway defensive player of the year candidate and like nobody was in second. And then I got hurt and I missed games and like, oh, well. But then I came back and I picked up right back where I left off at. And then you'll say, oh, well, you play X amount of games. I think I played 47 or 48 games. So my question was, well, what's the threshold? Because I also lost to someone before they played 52 games. So what's the threshold? 51? Like, mm. how many games? Like, this
1: is the whole criteria argument, which is like, what is, almost, like, the rubric for voting, right? I, because I
0: know I passed the eye test. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm destroying your favorite offense on a nightly basis. <laughs> like, I, I know I passed the eye test. So what is it? Is it that I didn't play enough games? All right, so if I play two more, could I have one? And so that's where it's kind of like for me where, like, uh, it's a little off and skewed, but it's saying But is it still that, like
1: a goal, like this year? That's a goal for you, I assume. It's probably a goal every year. It's always a goal. Yeah.
0: It's always a goal of mine every year, but I don't feel like it validates me. Like, I don't feel like if if I win one more defensive player, you're two more defensive player, or three, that is going to make me no more of a great defender than I already am. Yeah. Whereas as opposed to, like, earlier in my career, I probably felt like I needed that for validation. I don't feel like it validates me anymore. Like, I already know the team don't want me in no action. They're going to try to do everything to get me out of action. <laughs> like, I know the respect that I have on that end. I know what I'm capable of on that end. So the way it used to bother me, it don't bother me anymore. Like, if I was to win it, great. Like, I would love to win it. There's always a the go. But if I win it, nobody I don't I don't feel like nobody's going to say see and he's an even better defender
1: now than right. he was. It's just a thing you put in your pocket. Exactly. Okay. Last segment, fill in the blank. You ready? This Absolutely. is why you can't just dream Ma. You end up here 3 hours I'm like I can keep on going. Okay. <laughs> fill in the blank. A fifth NBA championship would represent what to you?
0: A fifth NBA championship would represent who? A fifth one. To even think about five is crazy, but I think a, a fifth NBA championship. Like I think if you if you had any doubt, it's just no more doubt. But I already feel like the doubt is gone.
1: It's gonna. <laughs> it represent even less less it's doubt. Less okay. Doubt. Okay. Give me a good media answer here. You know, you media Draymond. Don't give me don't give me Warriors Draymond answer here. The team that will give the Warriors the most problems this season is
0: the team that will give the Warriors the most problems this season. The Brooklyn Nets,
1: because they can shoot.
0: They can shoot.
1: Yeah.
0: They can defend. Mm-hmm. They can play in half court. They can play in transition. Want to make it an ISO game? They can do that just as good as anybody, if not better than everybody. They got the pieces. (laughs) Now, you know, when the going gets tough, you got to see how you respond and react to that. Yeah. But they got the pieces. Mm, I like it.
1: Okay. Uh, A player you hate matching up against the most is?
0: A player that I hate matching up against the most I don't really hate matching up against anyone, but I would say the player that gives me the most trouble is Darius Garland. He's so herky jerky Mm, and like fast. Like, like, I hate guarding DG. I think that's the player that like I'm like, ah, I'll guard him and I'm always sit down and guard him. I'm never not, I'm never ducking (laughs) no switch. Yeah. But you got to be willing to live with something. You're not just about to, like, he too irky.
1: Just. Yeah, and Cavs are fun. And I love Evan Mobley.
0: Oh, uh, Evan Mobley's a stuff. Oh, no. And that's him. Yeah. He, like, Mobley. he's going
1: to be one of the ones for real. Absolutely. I really like Evan.
0: Evan Mobley, one of them ones for certain.
1: All right, three more. Another Grizzlies Warriors playoff would be? Another Warriors win. <laughs> I knew you were going to <laughs> i love that matchup i just think it's so much I mean, fun it's
0: so cool right like it's fun it's you know point guards ja young up and point guard versus steph blah 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 The rivalry
1: well the other thing i think that's interesting about that whole thing too is like fans don't understand that to basketball players this is basketball like you and ja don't dislike each other. Right, you know what right. I mean? Like, there's a very strong mutual respect that exists between you Absolutely. two. The fans are like, oh my God, they hate each other, they're gonna kind of match up. It's like, no, it's it's basketball. They understand the competition of it and they love that, but then they move on. So, don't, but
0: Don't hate them at all. Actually, got a lot of love. Yeah. A lot of love and respect. Just how he carried himself, how he, like I said, the, one of the biggest things for me is how he make those guys believe. In themselves, in him, like in their team, like just how he make them believe, that's a that's a skill. Yeah. And it takes respect to do that. So I, I got I got a lot of love and
1: respect. Yeah. No, they would all like run through a wall for him. This year's MVP will be.
0: This year's MVP will be. Hmm, that's an interesting one.
1: It also might be early. Like, it's a little... It is early. And the
0: reason I think it's early is because, I mean, let's face it, right? Like, your team has to do well. And there's just, there's so many teams just, like, jumbled and, like, no separation that one team could take off. Like, I think Steph, Steph has played at an MVP level, but our record does not state that currently. Mm-hmm. But we're also not so far off to where that can't change. And then if that does change, could Steph be the MVP? Mm-hmm. But if things stood as they stand today, I think who's who would be MVP is probably Joker again. Like,
1: Which is the, wild. It's
0: wild. But the, the stuff that this... He about to average a triple-double.
1: And no, it's wild. Right.
0: Like, it's wild. I mean, he he incredible. I, I think it will be him again because they're winning. They're in first place in the West. Um, And his numbers got better. Yeah.
1: Okay. Last one. What if you were not an NBA player? You'd
0: be? If I was not an NBA player, well, I'm not going to be an NBA player at some point soon. I mean, not soon. But eventually. yeah, Yeah. Like, I'm closer to the end than I am the beginning. Put it that way. Yeah. Um I want to I'm I'm going to do a lot in television and film. Mm. And so not just um sports analyst work like I I, I absolutely love that not just podcasting but I want to do some different things in television and film as well. And so possibly a director.
1: Oh, I love that. Being behind the camera producing, writing, directing. Absolutely. Yeah. I think
0: I think Directing people is one of my strengths, though. And so if I can learn that business, I think I can apply some things about leadership that I already understand. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I have great people helping me learn that business. Um, yeah. You know, a really good friend of mine, Dion Taylor, who my wife introduced me to him and his wife, Roxanne, and just like... Because she's an actress, right? Yeah, yeah, and just like different people like that that are really helping me along this journey um, and, and teaching. Like, I'm, I'm very thankful for and it's a business that I really, really do love. That's great.
1: Okay, final overall question because I feel like it just kind of puts a button on everything that we discussed. I read a really old article that you did, but you had a quote that I thought was fascinating from your mom. Mm-hmm. You said... My mom used to always tell me it's not about beating the person in front of you. It's about beating the person inside of you because most people can't beat that person. Do you feel that you have beaten that person?
0: Uh have. And although, um, although you always feel like you're still fighting that battle, right? Like every day you, you got to beat that person inside of you. But for the most part, I have. I'm from Saginaw, Michigan. There were so many basketball players from Saginaw that were better than me. There were so many basketball players around the world that were better than me. There aren't a ton that has achieved achieved more than me. And... in order to achieve that, I had to overcome so much self-doubt. Mm-hmm. Like, forget the amount of doubt that everyone else had for me, but the self-doubt that I had to overcome, I beat him. Because look where I am. Like, math, who, who I'm super tight with, his dad has this saying, Odie, look at all the fun you had. And and it's like, when I look at my life, it's like, but look at all the fun I've had. Look at all the fun I'm having. And look at all the fun I'm going to have. I beat them. I still have more to
1: beat. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm there. But I beat them. I love that. I am not just saying this because it just finished. This was one of my favorites. You were fantastic. Thank you. I have said this multiple times, but you truly are like the best supporter. I appreciate everything that you've done. You answer all my basketball questions when I have 80,000. So I appreciate you doing this and just for being a, a good human and good friend. So thanks so much for joining the show. No problem. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you. I, I appreciate you too. And, and, you know, I am a big fan of, of everything that you have going and, and how you continue to expand, doing Thursday night football now, and just, like, and <laughs> I think, you know, like, everything that you're doing in sports is great. I look forward to to your role carrying you outside of sports because you're that good at what you do. Like, when there was an article that came out on you, uh, well, it didn't come out on you, but there was some article or rankings or something that came out oh, on the head. list. And and, and it was a listen, like the backhanded compliment that you got. I can't remember the guy's name. It was like Paul or I don't remember the guy's name. But um, such backhanded compliments. But you are incredible. And what you put into your craft, it's big things coming for you. They're already happening. Good, right. But they'll continue to get bigger and bigger. And you got a fan in me.
1: Oh, thank you, Trey. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks for joining. Sp- Spend all night with all of us, you guys. That's <laughs> no, Thanks so much. Absolutely. <laughs>